Welcome to 30 Brave Minutes, a podcast of the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. In 30 Brave Minutes, we'll give you something interesting to think about. I'm Richard Gay, Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences, and with me is Joanna Hersey, Associate Dean of Student Success and Curriculum. Joining us today are faculty from the Department of World Languages, Dr. Ana Cecilia Lara and Dr. Milagros lopez Fred. Now get ready for 30 Brave Minutes. Hello, everybody. Dr. Lara, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me here over here today. I am a professor in the Department of English, Student and World, and World Languages. I'm here since 2010. Right now, I'm the Director of World Language Program and Coordinator of the Spanish uh, Teacher Licensure K-12, and now the Director of a new program of the Graduate Program of Spanish Education. I am a professor who teach uh, many different courses, well, basically the advanced courses, but also elementary Spanish courses and also the grammar, culture, phonetic. My specialization is in Central America and Latin American culture. And uh, Dr. Laura, would you tell us your country of origin? El Salvador. El Salvador, okay, I always- uh, I am from San Salvador, El Salvador. Excellent, excellent. And I know recently you published a book, right? Oh, yes. My book, the name is Huellas de la Guerra y la Violencia en la Literatura Contemporánea Salvadoreña. And it's about the violence uh, that, um, that is perpetuated, you know, that is shows in the literature of women literature. And that is show after the civil war that we uh, live in El Salvador. Excellent. I, I wanted to be sure that everyone knew that you were a scholar as well as an administrator. You wear many hats here at UNCP, and uh, I certainly want to uh, give you credit where credit's due. So uh, I appreciate all the various things that you do here for the university. So anyone who is interested in learning a world language, particularly Spanish, can reach out to Dr. Laura or Dr. Lopez Fred. So Milagros, would you please introduce yourself to the group? Yes, hi, um, I'm Milagros uh, Lopez Fred. I am from Puerto Rico. I work at UNC Pembroke since 2015, but I teach before um, for the state Cumberland County Schools for 11 years. I teach many of the courses of elementary courses, uh, for example, elementary one and two, intermediate one and two, and also conversation, and also um, the first course for writing for the students. Those are all real important things. I'm a big advocate for learning an, an additional language. I feel like it helped me so much as a, a writer uh, in English uh, to learn uh, grammatical constructions. And by comparing English to other languages, I feel like it's a real advantage for everyone. So I certainly want to take this opportunity to encourage people to uh, consider studying another language, uh, as many as possible, in, in my opinion. So one of the things we wanted to talk today uh, with you guys about is the UNCP Study Abroad Program. Uh, I know that both of you have lots of experience, though. So for those of our listeners who aren't really familiar with Study Abroad, could you tell us what Study Abroad is and how it works here at UNCP? Yeah, let, let me start with this. Study Abroad is a course that you take, there is two ways to take that course. One, you can get credit 
to the university okay. so you can be an uh, elective course, you know, university elective course. And the other one, it can count as a minor course in the Spanish program. There are many opportunities. There is a financial aid that you can go and request. And also you do it as a part of the minor. There are also uh, some uh, other scholarships that you can request. But also, what is study abroad? It's not just a course of vacation, okay? It's a course where you take it very seriously. The course starts over here with us before we take the trip. We start getting to know what we're going to do. We start getting to see the research about and to get excited about what is it that they are going to see. And once we're going over there to, to whatever the country is that we're choosing, uh, is the complement of the class, okay? Is the cherry on top, okay? Where they have the opportunity to experiment, to live, okay? What the culture, what the language is. We try for them to have all this experience that otherwise would not be possible for them. Okay, we choose very carefully what they're going to do. We uh, do a very detailed research before we decide where we're going to go so the students can have the best experience ever. And with that research, it's not just about the places that we're going, but also how can we make that trip affordable for each of them. Excellent. That can take many different forms, right? I know we have many students who go for an entire semester on their own, but some of our students aren't really ready to do that. But the way you described it is that the student would take a class here, learn some of the basics, and then go with you for an intensive, usually, what, two-week stay and learn about the culture firsthand. Is that accurate? Yes, it's about 10 days. About 10 days. Excellent. Dr. Lopez-Fred, tell us about one of the recent trips that you organized. In this spring, we went to uh, Madrid and also Sevilla, and we took 11, 11 students and two faculty, which is Dr. Love and myself. The success of the trip, okay, is not when we're there, but all the planning that we do before we get there. So it's a lot of planning. That the students don't see that. It's just us that know that this is happening. Just mainly, you know, to make sure that everything is in place and, of course, everything is safe and sound for them and for us when we get there. That's one of the great things about traveling with a group, uh, particularly when you have experienced leaders like yourself. You don't have to worry about your itinerary. You don't have to worry about how to communicate with the bus driver, right, in, a, in another country. But uh, it's nice that our students can look to you for your expertise and your ability to help them. And I do think this is an excellent way for students to first experience another culture if they're uncomfortable going on their own. Uh, so, um, Cecilia, uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, there's some funding to help students pay for their trip. Could you talk a little bit about that, about what it might cost, typical, a typical trip? Yeah, it, it, it depends. Sometimes it can go from $2,000 to $3,000, but there is a scholarship in the global engagement. There is the major scholarship. There is the Dion Green scholarship mm -hmm. and also the financial aid that they can request. 
One of the things that we need to um, make sure that the students know that the study abroad, okay, they can do installment payments that they don't have to pay it all at once, okay? So we start making these payments, you know, they start making these payments, you know, well ahead of time. So that way it's a little bit easier for them to, uh, to fulfill the payment for the trip, okay? So that is important. They, they don't have to come with the entire amount all at once. Beside the study abroad, like we did last year in November, we took students for the Acto Latino. We request for, to pork, okay? Pork help us with that. And even though we went to a specific purpose, you know, to enhance the theater performance for the students, mm -hmm. uh, we always take the opportunity to find, to take the students to a different city, like we went to Toledo. And uh, years before we went to Salamanca you know, to the oldest university of the whole, you know, medieval times. We always try for them to bring something different, even if it's not a study abroad group, we made that happen for them because we want that to be an enrichment, a educational trip all the time. Yes, and these are experiences that students will cherish for a lifetime. I was fortunate enough to get to travel when I was an undergraduate, and it really sparked a lifelong passion to travel. I, I certainly hope that others have the opportunity to experience that. So um, could you tell us a little bit about Acta Latina? You mentioned that as a group that was funded by PERC. Yes, Acta Latino is a student organization that we have um, anybody can join Acto Latino. We just uh, want them to be enthusiastic with the language. They are going to perform Hispanic plays. Basically, we try to look for plays that portray the violence of the problems the, the society is going through in our country, in Latin America. And that's, that's sometimes the, the plays are not that funny. Sometimes over here for the festival, we make some funny plays, you know, for to entertain people. But really, uh, the Acto Latino have more meaningful meaning mm -hmm. to the performance. And basically, if we have the opportunity, we try to go away. You know, we try to take them to different places so they can have the opportunity to get the direction for their theater directors, because I am not a theater director. I just love the theater, okay? And I'm just fan of it, and I do my best to direct the students, but I'm not a theater director. I just do it for fun. So I look for, for real theater directors <laughs> to help me when this, the, the show is ready to be performance and to be put it to the public. I really want to have this help hand with a good director. Right. It takes a community to put on a play in any language. And I'm sure that uh, by performing in uh, the Spanish language, it helps uh, individuals perfect the language as well, because they're not having to make the phrase themselves in their mind, but they have to be able to communicate what's written on the page in, in a way that's convincing. And uh, I know I've had the opportunity to see the group perform, and it's always uh, a real delight. I saw them at the Fall Festival. So, uh, Milagros, can you tell us a little bit about the Fall Festival? Yes. Um, well, we'll, we've been doing this, what, every fall. Uh, we try to get all the community involved, you know, to attend. Before COVID, it was different. We're getting back little by little back to the way that it used to be. Uh, we try to get all the students motivated to perform, to sing, any skills that they might have. 
we're trying to get a little bit, they, they enjoy the students and all the community enjoy having our traditional foods. This past year, we did a table competition where the students were able to decorate the tables and that really was a success for the first time we did that. So the Fell Festival, we already uh, have the place reserved and everything. And then once we start the semester, we start going back, you know, to get the students that want to act, perform, sing, help with uh, anything that we need to make sure that the, uh, the festival, you know, is a success. Okay, and we have a lot of a turnout, a lot of people come in. Little by little, it's getting better. We have students from everywhere, okay? I mean, some of them are not native speakers, okay? But they also want to perform, and they do an excellent job. We have students from Puerto Rico, from Mexico, El Salvador, Costa Rica. And, but we motivate students that have skills to come over. Of course, we try to see what they're going to present before we do so, because some of them... They get nervous about how good or bad they are, and we try to put that confidence on them so that way they can go ahead and do the performance. Some of the students, yes, they are international students, but the majority, they are students from here, from the United States. And they are just, um, they are heritage students. So they want to represent that, and that's what they love about USC Denver. That's what they love about our program. They come to us and they say, we love the World Language Program. We love the Spanish Program because this is a place that we can represent our, our countries. And that's why they, when they see the flags that we have, they wanted to represent their own countries or they want to represent the girlfriends that they have, the boyfriends that they have, you know. We actually have a student who is from Paraguay. We normally don't have students from Paraguay. In Paraguay, they have both language, the Guarani and the Spanish. And it's, it's very interesting, you know, the culture in Guarani. So I am I'm also learning from that student. I love our whole festival because every year is something new that we offer and something new that we learn. Actually, the show that you saw from Arto Latino that was written by one of my students. One of them came and said, I have an idea for the actor Latino, you know? And I let them do it, and I, we practice. I put it up there, and I said, okay, let's do it. I remember once when I studied abroad, we did a, we went for a month, and we still had to do pre- and post-writing experiences from uh, yes. digital, you know, <laughs> reflection upon the experience and the like. So do you require that in your courses as well? Yes. Yes. They do have to do some research at the beginning, and then at the, uh, when they come back, they do have to, you know, write reflections. They have to have their journal and do presentations. Yes. All these requirements before we go help the students to be more motivated because, I mean, uh, they're going to be searching, I guess, at Prado Museum. Then when we go there, say, oh, my God, I gave my presentation on this. And so they can talk a little bit more instead of me telling them what is it that they're going to be seeing there. And, and the presentations are very, a little bit informal and the things that they would like to see when we go there. And so, and that, that helps a lot. And they don't realize that they're learning at the same time, but you know. Exactly. That's the, the fun type the of best learning. times. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. This is Chancellor Robin Cummings, and I want to thank you for listening to 30 Brave Minutes. Our faculty and students provide expertise, energy, and passion driving our region forward. Our commitment to Southeast North Carolina has never been stronger through our teaching, our research, and our community outreach. I want to encourage you to consider making a tax deductible contribution.
for the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of North Carolina at Greenville. With your help, we will continue our impact for generations to come. You can donate online at uncp.edu slash give. Thanks again for listening. Now back to more. Now, I know that you guys are planning a trip for next year, right? Uh, so could you please talk a little bit about your the future plans for study abroad in uh, world languages? Yeah, we have two, two trips right now. One, we hoped to have it in the fall tree. It's very soon. It's coming up. We want to offer a choice for students to have three credits in 10 days. <laughs> so they are not going to need to memorize anything. They just need to plan what we're going to ask them to do and then go in a tree for 10 days. So I think it's a wonderful experience and it's a good opportunity to do that. And there will be three credits that they can earn. And so if they're missing those three credits for graduation, that's the opportunity. And then we're planning another one that for the first time we're going to do it, that we're going to offer a course for a grad program. The one for the fall three is going to Madrid and Toledo. The one for the spring is going to Madrid, Barcelona. And the whole world languages will go in the spring. Sounds wonderful. Uh, I have very fond memories of Madrid. I recommend it to everybody. I'm sure many of our listeners are going to be interested in uh, participating in your study abroad initiative. So if someone wants to come to Madrid with you, who do they need to contact? Yeah, it would be a good idea to contact us directly. We can, we can guide them. Can you paint a picture for us of what happens on one of these trips? Maybe one of the ones last year. Tell us a little bit about what the students did, where they ate, what sorts of activities they did. So... I have students, even seniors, that never rode a taxi, a bus, a plane, or the metro. Okay, so they were in shock. They were like little kids, okay, uh, with the experiences. We also have students nervous about flying. Even when there were some bumps, even I'm terrified too. I don't let them know that I am terrified too. It was amazing to see their experiences, you know, how they behave, okay, and they were into all the culture, and these are Hispanic students, okay? Because we take a, any student that would like to do the study abroad. I did not have any problem with the student because they want to enjoy and live every minute that they were there. They love the food. Uh, they were shocked about how fast Madrid was. For some of them, Sevilla was kind of a little bit more laid back. So they're younger, so they like Madrid better than others. Then we have some that they like the country. I forgot to mention that we also went to Segovia, and many of the students love going there too. And so that's the main thing. You know, we had students. We only had one student that went abroad before. The rest have never traveled out of the United States. We have students that they didn't even know where the airport was, so in Raleigh. So that's the, the kind of students that we have. Can you tell us what sorts of things they did? Did they go to museums? Did they go to street fairs? Yes, we went to the museum. We went to different museums, El Prado, and then also in Segovia, we have the castle and some of the other museums in the area. They went to watch a flamenco show that was in Sevilla, and they loved it. 
they were able to experience the paella. Then we have the paella, you know, a typical dish. I mean, you can see the pictures. It's not the same when you are actually in Spain and you enjoy this. We have the one with seafood, the one with no seafood, because we have different students that are allergic to it and all that. And so, um, but yeah, but the students enjoy everything. You know, we try to incorporate a lot of things and they did shopping. But um, the only thing that they mostly didn't like a lot, even though they knew about is the walking, the walking. But I mean, we don't have a car, so we have to walk to get to the metro, to the bus station, to get the taxi. Okay, that was the only thing that's so, why do we have to walk? I said, listen, I'm the oldest of all of us and I haven't complained at all. So let's keep moving. Could you tell us a little bit about paella? Uh, I've I've seen it before in big uh, containers that are like, you know, eight feet across, you know, these really big dishes of paella. So could you describe it for our listeners who might not be familiar with that dish? Paella is this rice uh, with um, typical mariscos, so seafood. They normally is with seafood and can be as big, you know, as you can imagine, but can be also a personal paella. Normally they do it for two people and they can have the paella del señorito. So that, that one señorito is a little gentleman. Okay, or gentlemen, uh, the, the one that doesn't like to bother their hands by touching the shrimp, because normally the paella is going to come with the head of the shrimp and with the everything, with the legs, everything, and the eyes are going to be looking at you. But <laughs> but that's the best paella, the one that you can have the taste of the seafood. Yeah, it's, it's the typical food in the whole Spain, and every region is going to have a different Okay, you're going to have the one that is black because it comes from the calamari. Yeah, so it depends. Going over there to Spain is like a, to take the book coming out of the pages, you know, because when you go and see Madrid, see Segovia, see Sevilla, you can see the three civilizations, they basically live together at one point over there. You can see all the architecture over there in Segovia. You, you see the, the aqueducts, the Roman aqueducts. It's impressive. Every time that I, I've been there for more than 15 times already, and every time that I see that and, and I have it in front of my eyes, it's a sensation, unbelievable sensation. For the students to be able to experience that is priceless. And they get emotion too. And you get emotion by seeing them. And even though we go through a lot of work to do this and to provide this to the students, I, I don't regret it, not even a single time. Even all the work that we do to put this together, I really think that is one of the best things that we can provide to the students, the opportunity to study abroad. Because once they come back, they feel empowered to do many things that they cannot do otherwise. I think some people think when a trip abroad is being led by uh, the World Languages Department that you have to be a world language um, student, but that's not the case at all. It appeals to a wide group. Mm -hmm. We only ask for them to have at least a Spanish one course, and they can take it at the same time. You know, because it is uh, the culture, at least to have some phrases, you know, it yeah. just has some phrases to be able to communicate, to don't, not be so lost. But yes, when we're going to Barcelona, we're going to go to Figueras, where the Lis Museum is, where the Lis, you know, we want to go to expose all the arts. I think that's one of the big part for us. But I also wanted to mention the story that we did to Peru that was organized by Milagros also, 
it was a wonderful experience. We went to Machu Picchu, we went to Cusco, we went to, to many things. And, and same thing, you know, the students, one of the comments that the student did uh, was, oh my God, everything that we have done and we haven't moved a finger for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, everything was given to us. It was nice, they noticed, they see. Uh, the good thing is that they don't see world language, they see UNC Pembroke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, have you guys ever gotten lost as a group when you're out on study abroad? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but we ask for a lot of directions. <laughs> I'm not going to allow to be lost. And they say, why are we waiting? Why are we stopping? Listen, we either stopping us or we're going to be walking around and you're going to walk more than we normally have to. But we also have the maps, you know, we have maps. It's just, you know, and people are, are willing to help regardless. You know, it's a lot of tourists everywhere. I ask a lot and I don't care. <laughs> I think uh, uh, it's, it's not a bad experience to get lost every now and then, particularly in a, in a different country where you, you stumble upon something that uh, can be truly uh, transformative that you never expected, right? And uh, so uh, I think there's a lot worse things than uh, getting a little lost in a, in a great city. So is there anything else you want to tell us about your study abroad experiences? Well, I just would like to motivate everyone to take the opportunity, give the opportunity to themselves to go for a study abroad. And also, if they are being, uh, going to be a major or minor in the program, and if they can go for the semester, I will encourage them to come and talk to me. Okay, so I can uh, see if we can put a semester where they can go for a semester. Okay, there are also opportunities for them to go and places where they can also go. Exactly. So if, if they arrange it all in advance, they can take classes abroad and transfer them back here. So exactly. it's possible to do it without uh, losing any time towards your degree because uh, you would be in school while doing it. So uh, it's something I uh, heavily uh, recommend. It would be a wonderful experience. One more thing is the, the way that we um, schedule the study abroad over there is like a, at 2 p.m., we give them time for them to go and have their own lunch and then to go and, and do their own things. Then we get together again around 7, 8 p.m. You know, we check back uh, with them. So we give them some free time for them to explore. Always they have to go with partners, you know, at least in partners. But we have the, one time I have a student who went with us one time. The breakfast is always included. So she didn't want to have any breakfast at all in the restaurant and the hotel because she didn't like the food. So she always went to the Burger King. So the Burger King was closed sometimes. So she didn't experience, you know, the food from the Spain. It happened that two years later, she came back before graduation. She came back and she said, I'm going to do it again because the first time I didn't enjoy it. Okay. I wasn't mature enough. So she went back, and this time she tried everything. <laughs> she went, she, she and she was telling everybody, you know, she was my best study abroad advertisement that I have over there because she was telling everybody to try everything because they were regretted. I think we also need to acknowledge the fact that there are other study abroad programs within the College of Arts and Sciences and at UNCP in general. There are programs that are led by the School of Business, 
Uh, we have programs led by faculty in political science and public administration. People in English take students sometimes. They uh, often uh, go to uh, other places besides the Spanish-speaking uh, countries that we've been talking about today. So there are lots of different study abroad opportunities at UNCP. We've just been focusing on the ones in uh, Spain and in um, Spanish-speaking countries today. But uh, there's lots of opportunities to experience the world. You know, at UNCP, we have a saying, you can get there from here. And I think study abroad is a perfect example of that, right? So thank you so much, both of you. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I feel like I've learned a lot about what you do. And I hope that our listeners will be inspired to study abroad. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. And thank you for this opportunity. So the students will know a little bit more about it. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast was edited and transcribed by Joanna Hersey, and our theme music was composed by Riley Morton. This content is copyrighted by the University of North Carolina at Pembroke and the College of Arts and Sciences. It is to be used for educational and non-commercial purposes only and is not to be changed, altered, or used in any commercial endeavor without the express written permission of authorized representatives of UNCP. The views and opinions expressed by the individuals during the course of these discussions are their own and do not necessarily represent the views, opinions, and positions of UNCP or any of its subsidiary programs, schools, departments, or divisions. While reasonable efforts have been made to ensure that information discussed is current and accurate at the time of release, neither UNCP nor any individual presenting material makes any warranty that the information presented in the original recording has remained accurate due to advances in research, technology, or industry standards. Thanks for listening, and go Braves!